Lord, we thank you for allowing us in your presence again this evening. Lord, tonight I would like to speak on something really very important. We've been reviewing the last several days about the fact, dear Lord, that the world is coming to a judgment. And we've been talking about the Sabbath day and the things coming of that and the, and the times and so forth. And I'm not going to get into the times tonight, but I am going to touch on the Sabbath day again in a different way than we've touched on it. And I would like to speak <clears throat> a little bit about one of your great commandments, Lord. That's in Exodus 20 and 7 and Deuteronomy 5.11. It's, it's the commandment to not take your name in vain. And dear Lord, it's, it's very urgent that we understand that because the world is about to come to religious war and they don't know it. Lord, I've sat in meetings where they've told me, the, the leaders of this world, Lord, the people of the leaders of this world that run this very dark system of the world that deceives the people. Lord, they told me it's a religious war that they're bringing about. And Lord, people don't understand that. They think it's a war between nations. They think it's a, a, a war to overcome Israel. It is not that at all, dear Lord. It's exactly like you said in Matthew 24, 21 to 22, and Mark 13, 19 to 20. Lord, this is a war to get rid of all Christianity. You might call it Christianity, or they basically it's a war over the Bible. It's a war over your word against the word of the world. Well, I've been watching the video about the tares in the wheat or tares among the wheat. And Lord, there's some very interesting things about it, but the very important issue that people need to understand, and you've shown me in a vision. And Lord, you gave me a prophetic word that was spoken over me about this, that Lord, there's going to be a meeting where the marble halls, which is the heads of government, are going to be required to confront the issue of the law. Lord, they've based the world law system, the admiralty law system, is based on a, a false doctrine of religion. Lord, people don't understand that the House of Rome, which Queen Elizabeth is the present uh, Holy Roman Empress, and Lord, if people want to see this, all they have to do is go to to London, go to Windsor, um, to Windsor Castle, and look at the statue of King George III, and you're going to see that it is rec de uh, declaring him as the Holy Roman Empress or Emperor, and then go out in front of Buckingham Palace and look at the Victorian statue of Victoria, Queen Victoria, and they're going to see that it's declaring that she's the Holy Roman Empress. And then, dear Lord, if they will just pay attention to what Queen Elizabeth is doing, dear Lord, she is walking on the earth as a present-day Holy Roman Empress. Lord, she calls herself, you saw in the when she had her Jubilee celebrations, dear Lord, and she rode on a Roman barge. And dear Lord, the people do not know, but she signed, all the leaders of the nation signed a law, the Sea Treaty, giving ownership of all the seas over to the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II. And Lord, she's sitting as the ruler of the world, and she is over top of the Pope. She is determining the law. She is determining the religious law that they're bringing. Lord, the Club of Rome, dear Lord, wrote, which is one of her think tanks, it's like the Holy See in Paris and so on, is a think tank, the Paris Club and so on. They are think tanks that bring forth a new religion. And if they read the Club of Rome doctrine of how to make a sustainable earth, which is available on the websites, you will see that the fifth point is to create a religion. In other words, it's either the fourth or fifth point, but they're, they're saying in there that they must have an organized religion. In other words, they're bringing forth a false religion that's called the no-eyed morality laws. 
because from long ago, beginning like in 600, really it started with with Constantine in 350. They began because Constantine told the, the Sanhedrin that they must accept his calendar, which takes them off their Sabbath day and put them on a fixed week calendar. And many house of Israel, just like, you know, it's like the the, the um, universities and so forth all uh, declare that the drugs and everything are safe when they're totally not. Well, the same thing with the Vatican and so on. The Sanhedrin even will fight with you or the rabbis of Israel will fight with you on the history of the calendar declaring that the fixed week calendar is the correct calendar and it's not. That doesn't agree with the scriptures. They've been proven. But the point is, is that Constantine caused them to do that or he threatened to kill them. And they chose to put a new, the, the high priest stepped down and high Leo stepped in there because he had a family history to do it. And he stepped in and, and he adopted this new calendar and they created the one. But what it's done is it's not following God's calendar. Therefore, the Sabbath day, Sabbath day is not kept as is required by the law. It's a mockery. And it, and the Gentile church is even worse. We, Hold it on the first day of the week, which anybody with any logic would know that's not right, no matter what they do. That's the first day of the week. Plus, it's on a Sunday, which is a pagan Sunday, pagan sun worship day. So we do these things and we think nothing of it. But the point of it is, when we do these things, what we're really saying is that the Pope has authority over God's rule. In other words, they're saying that the Bible is inerrant. Not inerrant. I mean, it's filled with errors because they said it's lost its ability because over time they've lost manuscripts and so on. But there's a very interesting thing that God has done. God has defied all of that logic, and he's going to cause this to come to court. He's going to cause this to rise up, and it's going to come to the courts of the world, and it's going to overthrow the admiralty law. It's going to overthrow the divinity law that the, 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 the admiralty law is operating under, which was derived by um, St. Thomas Aquinas. He wrote some theological exposés, you could say, that they use to justify their laws, but his, his writings are not accurate. I can prove they're not accurate. And we've come to this day where God has set himself and he set an appointed time and he set it for us so that we could see the truth and come to it and come out of this world and, and be able to begin to see the truth of how the world has totally, totally destroyed truth, period. Truth, whether it's in the world truth or whether it's in God's pure language. They have blocked it so they cannot hear it. God's pure language is pure. It is not corrupted. But they don't have it. So they call, what they call God's language is not pure. And the Pope has no authority to make any decisions at this time. Neither does the Queen. She claims to be the Holy Roman Empress. That's their failure. They've identified themselves as this fourth and fifth beast kingdoms. See, the fifth beast kingdoms began really around 1327 with King Edward III. And with St. Thomas Aquinas's writings, which began in like 12, I think it was 1224 to 1274, he, he lived and wrote. Well, these writings, and then King Edward III put together the, the Admiralty Law system that is today still kept in England. And he put together in 1348 the Order of the Garter, by which they bring in the occult and empower this merchant law system, which is a military merchant law system called the Admiralty Law, which means that the head, and the queen in this case of today, is in charge of all the armies of the world. And people should know this, that the Rothschilds built their fortune, the majority of their fortune, based upon trading in gold and silver, but... They build it upon selling mercenary soldiers, starting wars and selling soldiers to both sides. 
and they determine who the wars were, who won the wars. And they've done that and taken over the world, taken over everything. And so along with the queen, they rule the world. That's why there's a king in the north. His words and the Rothschilds have been quoted as saying they don't report to God. But yes, they do. They're coming to a judgment time. God appoints them. My point in saying all of this, which is important to, to get on the table, is we need to understand this point. There's going to be a court hearing. And that hearing is going to prove God is going to support his work. He's going to support the people who believe in him because he's going to bring to head this judgment. He's going to cause these people to see, just like it was in the day of Moses, we're going to come and we're going to see that God's word, his Bible, is inerrant. In other words, it is totally correct. It was a six-day creation. He does all his works. And everything in the Bible that is in the Bible is true. And the problem that the, the Pope and all these people have, the Catholic religion and the Jesuits and all of them, what their problem is, is that they've based their system, their flaws, upon the basis that they're trying to claim that the, the, the text, the original texts are inaccurate because they've got different ones and, and they are the main authors of the multiple different scriptures, or in other words, revisions. They love to get multiple revisions, but that's okay. See, they thought they were wise and they're going to be made foolish. Because they're saying that the entirety of the old text, the Hebrew text and the Greek text of the New Testament, they're saying that that Greek text is wrong and that the, uh, old, the old Testament text is wrong. And therefore, they can only go upon the decision of the Pope. Or in this case, the Pope really isn't making the decisions behind the scenes. It's a crown trust making decision, and the Pope is a puppet like the presidents of the various nations, like Putin and the Chinese premier and, and uh, the United States president. They're all puppets. They're told what to do. They have handlers, as I've made known to people. I sat in meetings with DHS where they – it was set up by George Bush's DHS meeting where they were saying very clearly DHS was being formed – and it was all a fraud because it was organized and approved and put in place by the Crown Trust. And all the agencies are cluttered under it. And I've told you how they're bringing it to war. And I held financial papers in my hand from Pope John Paul to the lady running the global genocide program, the depopulation program. You can call it anything you want, but it's to get rid of 7 billion people. And the fact is that these things are all fraud to the people, that all these things are going to happen. They're planning to have these coming, but they're basing it upon their right of law. You still come down to a basis of they hold their position by a right of law. If the people know the difference between the right of law of what really is truth and what is not, then they have to go with what is truth, and they're going to make a decision. And God is going to cause these people to understand that they have a problem. Their dominion has been removed from them, and I can prove this because the Bible is based upon a system that they cannot understand. If you read what it says in Luke 24, 44, and 45, until you receive the spirit of truth, you're unable to understand the scriptures. 2 Corinthians 12, 1 to 4 says that those of the world are not able to utter the word of God. They cannot hear the utter the holy words, the sacred words that Paul heard in heaven. And Jesus says in Proverbs one twenty three that if you will turn to me, I will cause you to know his words. Proverbs one twenty three, And he says that his words, with his words, light enters and understanding comes to the simple. The problem that the Pope and the governments all have is that the very simple people of the world there are very simple people all over the world, whether they're believers in Christ or believers in Muhammad. If they will turn and receive the knowledge of the words of God, they will be able to take any of the scriptures and they will be able to determine themselves 
if they will turn to God and let him pour out his spirit upon him and cause him to know his words as he promises in Proverbs one twenty three, then they will be able to discern whether these scriptures are true or not, and they will see that the Vatican is absolutely wrong. They will see that the Crown Trust has no authority to rule. They will see that Romans 13 says that they don't have a time at this time to rule. And the Lord God in heaven said that he would open up and judge us in this day by these words. So we have the promise of God that if we will bring this to the governments, his words, he will judge them. He will cause them to be set apart if they refuse his words. He holds them accountable. Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19 says he sent the Lord Messiah into the world to bear witness to the truth, the words of God. And if, it, if the people will not receive it, he will hold them accountable. But let's bring it down more simple. In Exodus 20, verse 7, the Lord says this, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. They love to repeat that one. But let me tell you what the word vain means. It's having a high opinion of one's appearance, its abilities, or their worth. In other words, their word. Putting their words above God's words, which he tells us in Isaiah 55, that his ways, his thoughts, his words are higher than theirs. And they're vain if they think their words are equal to his. And the other part of it is they produce no result. In other words, they're useless. And the world today has, the, the leaders of the world today have destroyed the health of the people. They've destroyed the food. They've destroyed the land. They've, they've, you know, they claim to have all this science and they don't have it. God owns the particles. He has the copyright and the ownership of them. He appoints the kings and leaders. And from the time that his words were again opened on the earth, as he promised in Zechariah 14, 7, the light went into the world in the evening of the day of the Lord. And that's why we know that the, when the words of God that make known the scriptures, as it says in Luke 24, 44, and 45, when it makes known the knowledge of truth is received on the earth, then their sins shall receive the wrath of God, Hebrews 10, 26 to 27. Hebrews 10, 26 to 27. They have trampled upon the blood of the spirit of grace. God allowed them to rule so that we might learn evil and turn to good. We are going to be judged by his words at this time. They don't have authority to rule. And God has promised that he's going to bring these people to judgment. He's going to bring all these leaders together, and they're going to hold hearings. God has shown prophetic word. He spoke that he's going to bring these words to the marble halls. The government people of this nation and all nations are going to know that there's something wrong. And what is wrong is the Bible is inerrant. It is absolutely accurate and true. And the words of God, the set-apart sacred words of God, proves it. Nothing else in earth has been able to do it. Since the beginning of the Roman Empire and the giving of Constantine when he started splitting it apart, and then when in 600, when they started setting up this Church of Rome and the doctrine that the Pope is the one who gives all authority, and then the rulers take it on themselves, and they finally merged the Vatican underneath the Crown Trust. It took it over. I sat in meetings where the Crown Trust representatives has to borrow, negotiate for financial assistance or financial resources to do their works from the Crown Trust. Pope John Paul was providing assets, assets, physical assets for use by these people, but they want to put them in trading platforms where the money comes from the creation of the Crown Trust, not from the Vatican. Vatican is just like the people of the, of the Crown Trust. They want to keep all their wealth underneath them. They got trillions of dollars sitting there, and they're not using it to help anybody. And Pope John Paul was assisting the lady in charge of the global genocide program, the, the plan that she's allowed to make wars. She can make diseases. She can make drugs. She can all these things. And the Knights of Templar, the Knights of Templar leaders work with her 
report to her, working hand in hand with her. They're all working together and they're all related to the Rothschilds and to the Queen through these royal family connections. The point is that God has set a time and this time is now. And I'm declaring to you that God is going to cause these words that set and prove the Bible is absolutely accurate and that the admiralty law has no effect because God has taken away the right and authority, the admiralty law to operate. Every judge that is judging any case, every merchant that's doing business, everybody that's trading in the souls of men, and they are doing that by the illegal, illegal, unlawful, I can, let's just say it's ungodly, it's unapproved, and it's an abomination to God. They're using the live birth record and treating that as, I mean, this whole thing's a complicated system, but what I'm telling you is they treat us as citizens, thus peoples, as dead people. They consider us as non-living people, and you have to be of the elite to be set apart as a living person, and you don't have any medical expense, and you get a share of all the taxes they collect if you are of that elite. They don't tell you that. They don't show that kind of tax report to people. Everything's a fraud. Because they can use numbered accounts. They can use what they call side accounts. They can use all kinds of accounts that people don't have any clue of. Because it's not taught in your schools or your universities. They don't allow certain sciences to be taught. And I'm telling you, they don't understand God's law of the particles. They believe they do. They believe they're so far out there in advanced things. God has power over all those things by his words. Because his words... In the words of the king, the power is found. And the Lord Jesus Christ is now our king. From the time of the beginning of winter, in this last year of the night, the Lord took authority. They no longer have a right to rule, and they no longer have, not only don't have a right to rule, they now have the promise of God that all their sins that they are committing every day are going to be punished with the fiery wrath of God at the separation judgment that comes in the morning. You're going to see that in the judgment is is now made. The books are going to be closed and then they're going to be manifested in the morning of the day of the Lord. And you can see this in Hebrews 10, 26 to 27. And remember, John 12, 48 says that they will be judged by the words. This is why the Lord said at this day, he's going to raise up the poor, the sick, the lame, all those that are, are in trouble. The slave, the, even the prisoners, because they're in prison for illegal. And understand that if they've not been taught the knowledge of the words of God by the shepherds, did they grow up evil because of that? I'm not justifying sin. I'm not justifying anything because we all make mistakes that I have made sins. Lots of them. But God tells us in James 5, 19 to 20, that he looks down and he says, if we will help others come to knowledge of truth, that it will cover a multitude of sins. And that is our saving grace at this time. We need to understand this. When the Lord says, I shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Vain. What is the name of the Lord of God? What is his name? Go to Revelation 19, 11 to 16. You read this. It says, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who has sat on him was called faithful. In other words, he heard the word of God and true. Meaning he does the works of the words of God. He enables the, the good works provided. I hate that word gospel, by the way. Gospel means in, in the, the Greek word is actually saying good news, but they translate it as gospel to confuse you. The church does not, the, the Vatican and the English church and all of them do not want you to know the right word. What does it mean? Jesus teaches you that the works of God are called good. This is what the good news is. God is going to give to the poor and give to the people all those who will turn to him and hear of his words and seek him and ask him for the spirit of truth to be poured out on them. He will cause you to know his words. I don't do it. I'm telling you the way of his promise that's in the scripture. And I've told and revealed the words of God as he told me to take his words to the world. I'm telling you, the words are out there. They've been out there. We've been crying them out for 14 years. This is the 14th year come April 6th. Completed. It says here, he says, And he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. Understand, makes war. By doing the way of righteousness, making known the knowledge of truth to these people, if they reject it, they're going to be punished by God. 
But our hearts must be that we should go to them and say, look, this is what you're doing wrong. You've, you've misjudged the, the Bible. You've done all this stuff because you were taught to do it this way. Even the Rothschilds and them, their father and so forth, ancestors have guided them to be this evil. The queen is this evil because they were guided to be this way. Their pride, their arrogance, and those who are rich, it's very hard for them to give it up. I pray that she will give it up. I pray that they will hear and turn. I pray that the senators and congressmen will shake in their boots because the judgment of God is about to fall on them because the Bible is proven to be absolutely accurate and thereby their law system of admiralty law and their divinity status that they're set apart with that they won't even tell you about because they're not allowed to. When that is failed, it is not accurate. It's false. You're going to get punished. You're going to get the, the disease of Tazaret that's in Zechariah 14, 12, because you've come against his Jerusalem, which is his foundation of peace. The city of Jerusalem is called the foundation of peace. And what did they do? Perez and Shimon Perez and Netanyahu and all of them are secretly telling, ignoring the fact that they gave Jerusalem to the Vatican, which means they gave it to the Crown Trust, which is, of course, true. And they allowed the Rothschilds to build that pagan Supreme Court building in Jerusalem. They've allowed all that to happen. They defiled God. Therefore, they've taken the name of the Lord in vain. And he's going to hold them accountable. They must turn from that to cover their sins and come out and bring forth the words of God or they're in great trouble. The rabbis, the, the leaders of Israel are in great trouble and nobody's telling them. And the shepherds of America are working to bring about a one world religion because of their complacency and even signing up to help the emergency management teams put people in FEMA camps. And they don't know about God providing provision for the people if they will listen to him and do what he says when he calls them to come out. He will call them. The shepherds will not. But if they turn to him, he, they will hear from the Lord and he will call them because this is his day and he is now reigning as king from heaven because the Lord said that he took away the dominion away from the beast kingdom with the winter, the season, and then the time which begins in the morning. And the morning begins in the sun. And it's a seven-year reign. They think they're reigning, but God has not given them the reign. God has taken away from them, and now he's given it to the Lord, and he's going to punish these. He's going to let them judge themselves because now they have no authority to reign. And therefore, and if you read Luke 16, 1 to 13, what's it say? That the, the judges and the merchants in them, they know that their dominion is going to be taken away from them because God has ruled. So when they know that he's ruled, they better change and they better start helping the people because if they do not, they're going to be cast out with the people that are going to receive the plagues. And God is making a place for them. He's going to cause it to be, I believe, in the bottom of the sea. He's going to create an opening in the sea. See, they've been planning and planting bombs and doing all kinds of things to cause tsunamis to come. God's going to give them a surprise. He's going to put them in the bottom of that sea. And that's where they're going to have to stay while the silence in heaven because he's going to put the plagues upon them. I don't know exactly what he's going to do in that, but that is what leads me to believe from the scriptures. But I haven't got absolute accuracy on that. I just know he's going to separate them, and he's going to punish them. And he says that the sea, the stench of the sea is going to come, fish are going to come up. And that makes sense that they would go there because they've ruled over the earth with the sea, with the admiralty law. See, this admiralty law system is why it's the fifth beast kingdom. Before that, they had the Roman law system. And then when they put the admiralty law, and this, this began really way back in 600, but it really got its effect in 1327 with the, when King Edward III took the throne and began to record. Well, he had the three years there before he took over. He began writing as a young man. He began writing and recording his copy of the admiralty law. And they have that somewhere over there. People know that he recorded it. But they don't want to let that known. Even Queen Elizabeth said the greatest of the kings was King Edward III. And he said she also gives King George III great credit because King George III really amplified the occult when he made that gold state coach and took over the as a title of Holy Roman Emperor. Now, here's what the key part of this is. It says, in righteousness, he judges and makes war. And he's going to do this. He judges by the words of God, John twelve forty eight, And he's caused the words to be made known now and recorded. They're here. 
People have no excuse. You only need a few of the words, and it, just a few of the words can uh, clarify you for you that the Bible is absolutely accurate. Because the words explain the works of God that are throughout the Bible. The, the Bible itself is a wonderful book. But the real key to the Bible is these words of God that Jesus does all his works by them and in the way of the seven spirits. I've explained all this. And when you look at that, you can see what's true in the Bible and what's not true. In other words, the whole Bible's true. But you can tell a book that's not of the Bible. You can tell the Koran is not of God because it, this pattern doesn't go through. But the pattern of the words of God and the seven spirits go throughout the Bible. It makes it absolutely accurate. It testifies that this is of God. This is of the Holy Spirit because his spirit is in his words. John three thirty four, God's words, not, not all the Bible, but the words of God. And the Bible testifies to these words continuously. Every book of the Bible is written on the basis of these words. Not the Catholic writings. Not my writings. The Bible was written by the prophets and the, the, the disciples and the men of old. God inspired those, as it says in Hebrews. And Second Timothy three sixteen to 17. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit. My writings are not. I have errors in some of them. But all you need is a few of the words of God. You can show that the whole Bible is correct. And that is available to every simple person on earth. The Catholic Church can't hide it. Universities and scholars and seminary theologians cannot hide it. You're smarter than them if you believe in the words of God. You're smarter than them because you can prove the scriptures they cannot. People spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to go to colleges, to theological colleges, and they have to get a license to preach. Every person in any home, anywhere in the world, if you'll take a Bible and read it and understand the words and pray to God, he will pour out his spirit upon you and cause you to know his words by his promise. Proverbs one twenty three, And was, look what it says in John fifteen seven, the greatest promise, the greatest victory in the, in the Bible. It says, if you follow me and you, if you abide in me and abide in my words and my words, what you desire be done for you, if you want to know the truth, if you want to expose the world, if you want to be able to understand what God's works do and how they do them, that's the key. Now, here's where we go really important. Revelation 19, 11, 12 says, His eyes were like a flame of fire, and his head on his head with many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe, robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the word of God. See the, the name? Stone? He always writes in a stone, a fiery stone. What it's, what it's saying here is that no one knew it except himself and he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. The garment was by the blood. By the blood, what did it do? It caused, it caused, he had a name written, a work written, that no one knew except himself. And see, what it's saying is what the Lord said at this time in Luke 21, 34 to 36, that we'd all be caught in a snare. I was caught in a snare. God had to cause us to have the words open to us like he said he would do. And said no one knew it at this time except himself. And so he was clothed with the road dipped in blood. The blood paid the price for the Father to tear the temple veil that we could come into the Holy of Holies and receive the knowledge of God's words. And Jesus' name is called the Word of God. What is that name? The name means the work of the kingdom that he's given to do. And the work of the kingdom he's given to do, he testified to in, in Pilate, John eighteen thirty seven. For this cause I was sent into the world to bear witness to the truth. And all those who are of the truth hear my name, hear my voice. See, he tells us in Greek, when you say voice, it means you discern the words that he's speaking. John eight forty three to 47, he says to those people, he says, your father's the devil because you, you cannot discern my speech. You cannot, you cannot understand my speech because you cannot discern my words. And he says, I've sent into the world to speak the words of God. And John seventeen seventeen, he tells us that we must be set apart and sanctified. That's what set apart means. We must be sanctified, being set apart from the world by his truth, which is the words of God. The word of God. 
Every single word of God is truth. And I've explained why there's 153 from the fish and so forth in John 21. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. He said it's the word of God. He's going to strike the nations. That's what we're going to be judged by. These people are going to be overcome by the knowledge of the words of God. If you want to overcome the world, receive the knowledge of the words of God. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. And he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, which he promises in Hebrews ten twenty six to 27. That in this time, he's going to pay the price. He's going to give the fire wrath of God for willful sin. If these people hear of the words of God and reject the message, they're going to receive of the sin. And that sin, as you can see, the, the punishment is told to you very clearly. If they come against this message, he's going to cause them to receive the plague of Tesaret, which is explained in, in um, Zechariah 14.12, but he's going to add something to it. He's going to dissolve their eyes in their eye socket while they're standing, and he's going to dissolve their tongues in their mouth. That's a nu- not a nuclear bomb. That is God's authority over every host, which is a particle. He's going to, people are going to see that those particles, their tongue's not going to be there. They're not going to bleed to death. They're just not going to be able to see nor speak because God is going to silence them. There's a famine of the word coming, and they will not be able to speak his words, and he's going to do it by that. Not only will, they, will people not be able to speak the words of God and be confused in their minds, but these who come against him, and these shepherds and, and, and the, the preachers, the, the pope, and the, the, the crown trust people, the generals of armies, the people in the Senate and Congress and people in the Parliament in England and all those places, if they come against his words, that is going to be their price and they need to understand that. And God's going to cause them to bring this message into those places. And I fully expect God will show up because he said he would. And he said we'll come out in victory because they're wrong. They don't have authority. And God is going to cause them to fear. But more than that, he's going to show them his punishments. He tells us in Revelation 18, the city's going to burn. And the people are going to be feared. All those are shipmasters on the sea and so on. All those that are working in the way of the admiralty law because it's a law of the sea. And the ships, people don't understand that the nations, nations are considered to be ships at these days. Businesses, corporations are all considered to be ships. There's big ships and then there's people. And even the people are like ships. We're slaves on their ship. That's why when you look at a court, it's all set up like a, if you go into a courtroom, it's set up like a, a, a dock, at a, a, like you're in a, they call it even a dock. It's, it's like you're in admiralty law. That's what it is. And in America, you see the lie, you see the gold trim on the flag. That's a military flag. The president is running like that. All the court judges are running like that. That means they're working under admiralty law, not common law. It's a lie. People have proven that the courts are not common law courts. They say it is, but it's contract courts. That's why the judges are very slick and very tricky. And even the the people that help them, the prosecutors and all of them, they're all slick. And they get you to walk and, you know, come in with their name and even see the name written. But take a look at their buildings and you'll see in 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 the Roman rule that they put a dot between the letters, in other words, the words, they're in capital letters. I put a dot in between them. That's divine law. In other words, you can't come against them there. I think you see that in the Federal Reserve building and so forth. So you can't come against them. They're protected under their divine law. But it's not true. They're not protected because God has taken all authority away from them beginning of the winter of this year. And God tells us in John five twenty four, if we come out, if we come out, if we will believe in the voice of the Lord, if we will hear it and believe in the promises of God, the good news, which is the works of God, are ready. And God will deliver if his people will bring it to a point, if we will turn to him and bring it to a point. You want to have a sacred assembly? Call for it in your government and tell them, look, bring us in there. God will show up. 
But it's bad news if they try to challenge God's words at this time because they don't have authority to rule and God is going to judge them at this time and punish them. Because they based their whole system on a fraudulent biblical stance. The Pope doesn't have authority. The Queen doesn't have authority. The Rothschilds don't have authority. The Vatican does not have authority. You can't have authority and send money for the purposes of entering trading platforms to help the people creating the global genocide. You can't have authority by having a blisk in the middle of your court. And all the other, every church has gargoyles on it and so on. And look at the dragons in the city of London, downtown city, which is a sovereign nation, as is the Vatican's a sovereign nation, under their law. But God has now taken that right away from them. They don't have a right to hold that land. They don't own the city of London anymore. They don't own the Vatican anymore. And the people in Washington, D.C. that think they own that, the merchants, the Bush family, and the rest of them, the Crown Trust, they don't own it anymore. God has taken it over. He's given it to his son because now it's time for him to reign and God owns it and he can give it to who he desires and he's given it to his son. Washington, D.C. doesn't have the right to hold the blood samples of all the people. They don't have the right to try to inflict the sicknesses on the people. Only those that follow them and allow them to reign do they have a right over. When you look at this, let me go on here with a little bit more. I wanted to get something into the Sabbath day tonight, but I'm probably going to not do that because we're taking too long. I wanted to tell you about in the Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, why does the Lord talk about when he talks about the Sabbath day? He pays a very important wording in there. And you can think about this tonight. He says the Sabbath day. And then he says, therefore, therefore, in other words, keep the Sabbath day holy. And then read that one verse where he'll say, Therefore, because it's very important at this time, God has had really a very angry time with us as a people. It's Exodus 20, 11. The ending of it is, therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. But why does he say, therefore? And then in Deuteronomy 5, verse 15, he says it again. He says there, he said this one, he gives a little bit different explanation, which is very interesting. We have to understand it. It's very good for us to understand this, and I'll explain it another time. But it says here, And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. <clears throat> he was pointing to this day. Therefore, he did that. Therefore, we need to understand why he's saying therefore, because it means he's going to do something. At this time. And it's the same as what he had had in those days. I want to go back and uh, finish up with this thing with the, the name. Please understand when you talk about taking the name of the Lord in vain. Meaning you've made his words useless. The shepherds he tells them and warns them in Malachi 3. That because they haven't taught his words in the church. The storehouses of the hearts of the people are empty. They have no knowledge of how to overcome the world, and that's what they've done. They, they have not been able to overcome the law system because they don't understand it's based on something, and they don't understand the times. If they knew the Father, as it says in Job 24.1, they would have known his appointed times. See, the Lord, the Father was the one that opened the words, caused the words to be opened when he gave this, the scroll to the Lord, and the first seal was opened in 2003, which was, the, which was the bow, which is the words of God, the right to call upon the words of God. The words are open again. We're allowed now to call upon the words. That's what the bow is all about, and the crown is given to those who choose the words, and we have to choose the devil, because he cast the devil down, who's the dragon, and what, what is the flood that comes from, from the devil in Revelation 12? 13 to 17, it's the flood of the dragon's mouth because he's here to persecute the people for that time with his words. So he's really given them great power and authority and he's come against us and he's bringing this all to climax within the time, appointed times of the Lord. Devil can't do anything. It's not, not in the will of God at this time. And God has restrained him all this time and their people until this time. They're about to be let loose because there's a famine of the word coming to them. And when God, the light goes out of them, they're going to do such evil. It's unreal because they're going to have the right to do what they want so that they can be judged. Because what God's going to do right now, he's making known to the world that the words are open. 
This is the seal words that God is saying. Receive the words. It's the seal. He tells you that in Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. This is the seal of truth. His words is what seals you. His words is what seals up the Bible. His words make it so it's totally available and understandable that it's absolutely accurate. And understand something very interesting. When he's talking about you taking the name of the Lord in vain, you're making his words useless because the people have no power, they have no ability to heal themselves and so forth, and their light's about to go out because they don't have the right oil in their lamps. The oil that stays, his words will never end. But he's going to take his words away from the complacent and away from the wicked at this time. And he's going to judge them all by the words. And those who didn't take his words are going to be held into account. As the father said in Deuteronomy 18, 19, all those who would not hear, they're going to be held into account. And then when he's, and people say, well, you can't go back to the law. You need to understand, we're still held accountable for the Ten Commandments. Jesus tells you that. Do not take the name of the Lord that God in vain. So it's for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain, who's made his words useless. And that's what they've done. They've changed the Bible. They've changed lots of things, but they're trying to do it in a big way. They're trying to bring a new religion in, get rid of Moses' law, which explains words. But Jesus said, you don't have to go to the priest anymore. You can come to him. And why did he do that? Why was that necessary? Because the Pope in them stepped in. And said, oh, you don't have to worry about the scriptures. We can change those because they're not accurate enough. We have to adapt them to what we need. And so they tried to make it so that the, the, the word of Rome is it. When they established Rome as the head in like 600 and something, um, AD, that's, that's when they began doing this thing. And it's gotten to the point where now it came down to London. They still use Rome. They control Rome. The Rothschilds run the Vatican treasury. But I've explained, I've sat in meetings where the Vatican people have to come and negotiate for money for their programs because everything's run by the Crown Trust out of London. They control all the treasuries of gold and silver all over the world, as it's very clearly said in Daniel eleven forty-three to 45. Okay, his name is called the Word of God, so that's his name. It's the work of making known the words. In the Bible, the word name always means the work that one's given to do. That's why he said, you know, um, Joseph, son of Jacob, or so on. Now, there's a very interesting statement that he makes here. When I said his uh, sword, sword, now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. And and he himself treads this winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, like it says in Hebrews 10, 26 to 27, and Zephaniah 3, 8. And he says, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written. Now, understand, on his robe, so he's our priest, and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. What does that mean? When Remember the Lord wrestled with... Uh, Jacob, and he touched him, and he made him limp from that thigh. And what it was, was he gave him the name Israel, which means vicarious governor of God, zealous governor of God. Jesus says that he's coming at this time in Zephaniah 3.8 to divide the people into his kingdoms, light and darkness. How's he going to do it? The power of the word of the king, he is the king of kings. Understand, right now he's ruling over the earth. Daniel 7, uh, 13, 14. You'll see it there. You'll see it in Daniel uh, 9, 24 to 27. This is his time. Daniel 7, 9 to 14 tells you that in this time, there's a season and a time. And I've explained that the time is seven years. And the time starts with the sun as he comes as the son of righteousness in the morning. Which is what he's also revealing in Isaiah 21, 10 to 12. But Ecclesiastes 8.4, Ecclesiastes 8.4 tells you that on his thigh of this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, in the words of the king, the power is found. And he's going to judge us by his words and he's going to rule over us because he put his words in the heavens on day four. 
Every entrance of his words gives light. And what did he put in the heavens on day four? The light. And then he put the sun and moon and stars in place. But he put the words in place. So the words are going to be like a rod of iron over us and they're going to judge us and no blessings going to come forward to the people at that. So the name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, is going to judge us. And at this time, the, way, the reason the people are in great trouble is the Lord warned us that he's going to judge us at this time. And those who have the Ten Commandments and have the testimony of Jesus, he's going to give trouble to. But why? Because they don't have the wisdom in there. You can know the words, but if you're not a doer of the words, you don't know whose man you are. James 1, 22 to 25. 20 to 25. James 1, 20 to 25. We must be doers of the words and not hearers only. And we must do them in the way of righteousness so that the Lord will be able, because he's going to judge in righteousness. You're, it's useless to do anything else. You can do whatever. The Lord gives us wording that we have to love our enemies. Because if we love our enemies, do the way the words for them, then they judge themselves. And in this day, we must be judged ourselves. We must judge ourselves. But if we don't have the word approached to us, then the one that was supposed to give the words to you is held in account to you, to him. We must be careful at this time. He said, if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honorable and shall honor him, not doing your own ways nor finding your own pleasure nor speaking your own words, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord and I will cause you to ride on the high heels of the earth. Why is that important? The high heels of the earth. When you go down to the Sabbath, you're going to find something very interesting. When you're talking about this, um, remember when he, he gave the... Um, People, the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20 at Mount Sinai, they were afraid. After he spoke the Ten Commandments to them, they were afraid. And what they said to him in Exodus 20, 18 to 21, it says, Now all the people witnessed the thundering, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, You speak with us, and we will hear but let not God speak with us, lest we die. Well, I need to tell you something. At this time, God is going to speak. And if if you don't have God speaking to you at this time because you will not get the words of God, he will not pour out his spirit upon you and cause you to know his words unless you ask him. You have to ask him. And that's been the problem. That's why they lost the kingdom in Israel. Matthew 21, 43 to 46. Or for, Matthew 21, uh, I think it's 41 to 44 or something like that. And uh, it tells you he took the kingdom away from them. And Acts 28, 28, it was taken and sent to the Gentiles because they rejected it again in Rome. And that's why Rome had their ability to grow up like this and take over because they rejected the word and the kingdom was taken away from them. They no longer had the protection of the words. And now the Lord's going to sprinkle them again and cause them to receive the words. By the water of the word, they're cleansed. John 15, 3, by his words. Ephesians 5, 25, 27. It says, Then they said to Moses, You speak with us and we will hear, but let not God speak with us lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you. He's come When God comes to make the words known, it's a testing. John, that's the way the, the, day, of the uh, day of the Lord started with the, the Lord testing us by opening his words to us. When he gives you the instruction of the way of doing the words, and he's, he's talking about his name, which is the words of God, that Moses had talked to them about. And he taught the words to them. Lest we die. And that's what he said in Revelation he said, in this hour of trial, we're going to all be tested on the earth. We're being tested because we haven't heard the words. These people were refusing to hear the words. They didn't want the Lord to write them on their heart, which is a requirement. You can't re-enter the likeness of the Garden of Eden unless you allow him to write the words on your heart. He will cause you to be taught. He's going to teach us. And we'll gather together and we'll stir up more ways to do them, but he's going to teach us the basic counsel and the basic wisdom, basic understanding, and then we'll just grow it and we'll grow from each other because he gives pieces here and there. 
and everybody will help each other. That's what he tells us in Hebrews 10, 24 to 26, 24, 25. It says, and Moses said, do not fear for God has come to test you that his fear may be before you. Fear, the spirit of fear is the seventh spirit. In other words, he wanted to make before them the knowledge of the way of the seven spirits. That's what comes with the words. When you have the words, you then begin to understand the way of the Lord is done through using these words to enable the good works by doing them in the way of the seven spirits, as I've been teaching for so long. So that you may not sin. If you desire, if you see the good, if you know the way of good, the way of the Lord in the times of God, and what's coming, then you will not sin. You'll not want to sin. See, right now, we have the promise that God on the seventh day rested. And one of the big reasons of it is, you know, we know every seventh year you're supposed to give the land a rest. The Lord is going to cause the earth to rest for a thousand years. The devil will not be loose till the end of that millennium, a thousand years. And that's what we should be looking to. We want to enter that. We want to enter the likeness of the Garden of Eden. We want to be of the kingdom of God and return with him. But we're not even focused on that. We're focused on a retirement package of the world that's fading away quickly because they're all going to be punished at this time. We are required to bring forth the kingdom of God and anoint him as the most high, which is what it says in Daniel 9, 24. And understanding that the end comes with this flood that we're having right now. That's when we must have the words if we're going to be refined at all so that we can complete the work. But we have to anoint him as the most high and allow him to set us apart and make us a people that glorify the Father. That's what Numbers 14 is all about. That's what Isaiah 11 and 9 and Habakkuk 2.14 is all about. It says, so they made that sense. So the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near the thick, drew near the thick darkness where God was. See, God was showing that the entirety of the creation is a clouds of darkness. Inside, in the very center, is the light of God. But you, everything is bounded in these clouds because he says he made all things by the way of truth, by his words, and his truth reaches under the clouds. The external creation, the cube of the entire physical creation is made of clouds. Everything is within it. And that's what the thick darkness is about. And those are being cast out to the vista, out to that area. They're going out to darkness. The closer you get to those clouds on the outside, the very edge of the creation. They're not going to go past it. They're going to go down to that. God made them, Guiana. So he said, uh, goes on here, and this is what's really good. It says, uh, the, then the Lord said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel. Children of Israel, these are the guys who are given the vicarious governorship of God. In other words, they have the right to do the way of the words and enable the works to come forward to overcome the world. That's what he's talking about of us. That's why he wants to build the nation again. He has to do that. He gave it an authority to do that. You have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall not make anything to be with me, gods of silver, gods of gold, or uh, you shall not make for yourselves you shall uh, gods of silver or, or gold or gods of silver or gods of gold you shall not make for yourselves. Anything that's made in the world today is used but they made it by the gold and the silver. I don't care whether your buildings, the rest of it, and the fiat currency. They believe it's financed by gold and silver, but it's really backed by nothing. Fiat. Anyway, it goes on. Here's what I want to make a point. He says, an altar of earth you shall make for me. You shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. Now, this is what important. This is it very, um, the Hebrew writing has a better translation uh, than this. Let me let me read it from the Hebrew. It's a little bit better. Uh, it says, An altar of earth you shall make for me, and you shall slaughter beside it, beside it, your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, and your sheep and your cattle. But here's what is important. Wherever I allow my name to be mentioned, I will come to you and bless you. 
See, the altar of the earth, why is he doing that? Why does he call for an altar of the earth? If you go back to Isaiah 58, it says, I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, the altar of earth, symbolic of the high hills, appointed to this time that God is going to reduce these kingdoms and he's going to rise up his people. That's what that high earth is representing, is we are of the earth. And he's saying that he wants to turn that to his people. He's going to remove their prosperity, like he says in Ezekiel, I mean, uh, Ecclesiastes 2.26 and other places. He's going to take it and collect it because it was their job to gather for his kingdom. And that was what that earth hill was representing. Because we are of the earth, and all the things that we have are of the earth. Everything that's made is made of the particles of the earth that he put here. And he says he's going to ride on the high hills of the earth. That's what he's talking about. And feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. What is that? That is that name, that blessing that God is going to give. And he said, what is it? It's a vicarious governor of God. And what does that mean? It means you have the right to call upon the words of God to do good works and glorify the Father. He says, wherever I allow my name to be mentioned, that's what he's talking about. Jacob wanted to know, what is, what, what is your name? And so he gave him this name, the vicarious governor of God, Israel. And he's talking about this name. He says, he's going to allow us to call upon that name. In the same way of that name, in other words, we're going to be allowed to have authority over the words of God because he's going to appoint us like sons of God, governors of God. John 10, 34 to 36, if we come out and receive the words. And that's where you're going to have authority to call upon the words of God at this time. And he says, my name to be mentioned, and he promises, I will come to you and bless you. If you're zealous enough to become like Jacob, Zealous to bring forth the kingdom of God and to do all things in righteousness. He didn't, you know, try to harm Laban or any of those people that were all against him, his enemies, and persecuted him all those times. He even blessed them. He blessed the Pharaoh. You know, the thing about it is, what I'm trying to point out here is, got to do it in the way of righteousness, in the way of the glory of God, because God overcomes them with his words, and that's what he wants us to glorify at this time. You call upon his name, which is the word of God, which is what he's talking about in Revelation 19, 11 to 13, and what he's talking about in the Ten Commandments. You don't read the Ten Commandments in the way of the world, you read it in the way of wisdom. She's out in the wilderness, she's got to come out of the world and read this in the way of the language of God so you can understand the scriptures see jesus tells us that in luke 24 44 and 45 when they received the knowledge of the words of god they were able to understand the scriptures that's where the the world and the vatican and the queen have all made their mistake they based their amnesty law on a basis of divine law they set themselves apart from the world by this fake divine law that allows them to have free insurance free no taxes they cannot be sued they cannot be taken into court any of those things because they are divine. They're like gods. Under their law system, they're like gods and you don't know it. Many people do know this, but they don't, people won't believe them. But that is the truth. You can't take them to court. You, can't, you don't see them coming into these troubles. And they have free medical. They have all these things and yet they want to charge you medical expense when they're the ones creating the diseases. Mike Adams had a very interesting article today with the CDC testimony of this the, I mean, uh, uh, environmental, I think it's Environmental Protection Agency. Anyway, the, the people who are like, they're, they're in charge of Monsanto and all these and they're lying. They know that this stuff, the, the pesticides is killing us, destroying the, the good bacteria in our guts that's causing us to have, I mean, it's like they're saying, it's 80% of what God has given us to fight bacteria and so forth and diseases. And they've destroyed that with this, chemical that they're putting out there is pesticides read this i mean everything that's being coming out right now god is causing all truth to be made known to anybody who wants to read it because the government documents themselves and court documents are being released and these god is causing this to happen and the world system leaders they don't care because they know that the time and they want you to get riled up and want to go in a fight and god's saying no don't fight them do it in the way of the words <coughs> and you'll overcome them 
because God's going to move <clears throat> and God's going to bring the diseases that they can't handle. And he's going to take away all their authority and their weapons won't be able to come against his people because it's his appointed time and he's king. They're not. They don't have any authority to hold any position at this time, and they're going to learn that. <coughs> Excuse me. Father, I pray that this will help people to understand, dear Lord. We've come to a very special time in history, your time. You are now king. We are required to anoint you as the Most High. You're God, King of kings, and Lord of lords, and it's your time. And Lord, we pray that the people will hear the message and understand they must be bold. They must come out for truth. They must not riot nor protest, but speak truth and let the people know that these people have no authority to rule. And dear Lord, you will cause that to be made known and trust in you. And they need to fast and they need to mourn because they have not known the truth and all these things are happening. And if they don't do something about it, by doing what you said in Joel 2, 12 to 20, they will see your wrath because they do not realize that we've all sinned in our complacency. And Father, we've ignored your real truth of your Ten Commandments and we've all profaned it and we don't know it. Lord, we pray that you'll help us, forgive us for our sins and help us to come to truth. And Lord, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, I pray that the people understand the power and the glory of that and the wonderfulness of that, and understand, dear Lord, that you're ready to give them the inheritance of your words so they can ride on the high hills. Lord, we praise your name. And Father, we pray that they'd understand you'll restore those who come out, Lord. You'll restore their health. you restore them, dear Lord, the legs and things that are missing and so forth, dear Lord. But first, Lord, we must do the work that you've required us to do. Let us do it with great joy. In Jesus' name, amen.